All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. afternoon everybody welcome to another episode of dropping the gloves thanks for joining us here new year tim 2024 we haven't done an episode it seems like pre-christmas it's been a weird schedule where i just took a i took a prolonged break i apologize for that everybody and then life got crazy we went down to the gli got the michigan tech huskies uh tournament fantastic tournament we'll get to that in a second but first of all let's get to give better tim our favorite partner they're a great company. I, I love the, the creators. I love the owners, everybody involved in that company, and you should too. So go to givebetter.com and check out everything that they're all about. It's a fantastic, responsible sports gambling company. You're going to bet. You bet with these guys. Every time you lose, 25% of all your losses goes to charity. They have some exciting stuff coming, dropping already right now. We're going to have a conversation in the future with the, the creator, Bo, but... For now, just go to the website, give them a check, and uh, you won't be sorry. Tim goes there daily. It's fantastic because Tim's a Tim's a big gambler, right, Tim? Sure am, sure am. Going right. double down this year. How are you doing, Tim? It's been a, it's been a minute. We saw each other in Grand Rapids. It was nice to see you face to face. And you had an epic travel day back to Boston. Drove to North Carolina the next day. You've been a man about the country. How's ever? How's how's things going? Are you, are you settled back home? Yeah, it's really nice to be back because it was just crazy flying from Boston to Michigan. Um, and they, you had to go through Detroit and then through Chicago on the way back. And I left you. We wanted to do more stuff the next morning, but I was like, I have to get the flight out at 1030 just to be home that day because of the, the connection and the layover. So I didn't get back to Whitman. My mom lives till like 8 p.m. And then I hit the road at 7 a.m. the next day and drove 12 hours. So it was crazy. But the GLI was a lot of fun. It's always fun to see you and the family. The tournament's a lot of fun. The game, the hockey was good, and we got to hang out with some listeners and meet them, which is really cool, too. Yeah, we ran into a lot of people. You mentioned the Hoover family. Shout Shout out out to to them. Very cool. I I ran into Jude again, our number one fan, the little guy. His dad tracked me down during the game, and his mom was running down the street like uh, Happy Gilmore. Mr. Scott! I thought I was being attacked, so I cautiously turned around and she's like hey it's us and I, I finally met jude signed a couple pucks took a couple pictures it's always nice meeting the fans what was more exciting tim i don't think i have been more excited for a hockey game than that second game in the gli the finals between michigan state and michigan tech you were on a flight i was up in the press box doing some stuff with michigan tech with their tv and radio 
it was it was end to end. It was super exciting. Michigan State obviously had the more talented team, but Tech grinded it out, won in a shootout. It was so, I was going nuts in the press box, and we were sitting right beside the Michigan State kind of staff, the guys who challenged plays and goals and this and that. Tech scored. They challenged. It got um, allowed, and I was just giving it to them. You guys suck at your job. It was it was a good goal. What are you doing? It was awesome. I went down on the ice afterwards, kind of taking pictures of the team. I went in the locker room, gave them a little pep talk after the game. I'm 2-0 in the GLI team. Two championships, their last two. I think it was 2019 we were there, they won. And then now 2023. So we're doing pretty good in our record for Michigan Tech GLI championships. And if you've never seen a, seen a college hockey game, you got to get out. It, it's fantastic. The atmosphere, the pep bands, Michigan Tech puts on a good show and they treat us right. Right, Tim? Yeah, it was, no, it was it was really fun, and uh, we talked about this at the at the GLI episode where I only saw the first two periods of the first game, and they didn't look that great. There's a lot of nerves, everyone trying to be the hero, and they settled down, they played their game, came back in the third, looked great, and then obviously you beat Michigan State, which I know Tech is a good team, but State's one of the best teams in the country, and beat them in that tournament um, is really special, so congrats to that team. Yeah, they both were missing some people at the World Juniors just because they're, they're powerhouses, both both uh, programs. Tech was missing a, a very good Swedish player, and the, the state team was missing, I think, five guys. Their starting goaltender who plays every game. I think the, the guy who started the championship game, that was his third start ever. So he might have been a little nervous, but yeah, there was a lot of guys out for both teams. But how good is uh, Tech's goal? Is it Pietola? He's on yeah. He's so Pietola good. Is, he's so good. In Best the final game... They had, I want to say, I want to say close to sixty shots, and he stonewalled him. He had fifty-seven saves, unbelievable, and then perfect in the shootout. So, congrats to Michigan Tech. Very fun to watch that. Thanks for having Tim and I out. We'll be there next year if you guys want us. Tim and I just go. We hang out. We have a we have a tall boy beer, and I just get lightheaded after one beer, and it's a fantastic time. I'm such a lightweight now, Tim. What happened to me? I used to be just a big bad. You know what? Just chugging. It's like I could handle myself. Now I'm just lightweight, which is good. It's the kids. It's the kids. Tim bought me a beer, sixteen dollars. I felt so bad. I had to give him the money back. It was eighteen. So I paid 18. two tall boys eighteen each, so it, including the tip. It was forty three dollars for two beers. Unbelievable! Isn't that crazy? It's yeah. it's robbery. It shouldn't be that way. What Ugh. is going on in today's world where you can't go to a hockey game? Get a couple beers and not have to take out a second mortgage. Forty dollars for two tall boys. It's insane. 43. Yeah. Yeah. And then luckily I ran into a friend of the show. I'm not gonna say his name, I don't want to get him fired. He worked at the Van Andalarini, snuck me a second beer. So I was doing pretty good. You know what I mean? It's nice to know people, Tim. We're kind of getting famous. Anyways, <laughs> let's get to some NHL stuff. What do you say? Yeah, I thought we'd check in on the standings update just because it's been a couple of weeks since we've done like a regular episode with the holidays and July and all that. And there's a lot that's happened. And obviously, we can't cover every little thing. So checking in on where the teams stand, what's happened in the last week or so, and even in the last couple of days. And I want to start with Carolina. They've been really, really good. They've won four in a row after the slipping in kind of in, in November and December. We talked about them. They We kind of we lowered them a tier. They were no longer yeah. among the, the Bruins, the Rangers, the Vegas Golden Knights, et cetera. And when the season started, we expected them to be. They were you know, arguably the best team in the East in, in a lot of standings, and they just weren't really living up to that. And a big part of it was the goaltending. They would kind of have 
uh, a round table of, of goaltenders coming through. And then a big part of that was Fetchnikov, who was injured. He missed the start of the season. He played a little bit, got injured again, missed some more time. He had two goals last night in their win. In six games since returning from injury just a couple of weeks ago, he has seven goals, five assists, seven points on the power play. He's also throwing his weight around. He's got like 20-something uh, hits. He's blocking shots. He's doing everything. He's, when, he's, when he's healthy, he's proved that he's one of the best power forwards in the league. And over the past five games, the chemistry that they have, Aho and Svechnikov have 23 combined points. So Carolina's looking really good right now. And of course, um, on our fantasy roster, I dropped him because when he came back from his injury, I he did wasn't doing anything the first week. So I was like, I got I have no time for this. And now he's just taking off. Same with Eric Carlson. I have I have little patience, Tim, for my team. It's it's more of a what have you done for me right exactly at the second. Not what will you do for me? What have you done for me? I live in the moment. I gassed him. I picked up someone else. I, I just am always tinkering. You know how I am with fantasy. The the bright spot for the Carolina Hurricanes has been their goaltending. It's been a big question mark, like you mentioned. Anti Rant has been playing subpar. Kachetkov has really started to play well. He played great last night. They're playing the New York Rangers, who are the best team in the NHL over the whole season. They've been fantastic. And they they dominated him. Six to one, all facets of the game. They absolutely worked the New York Rangers, which could be a preview for the Eastern Conference Finals. Fast forward three months. So it was a big win for the Carolina Hurricanes. And they've been having big wins for the last month. They've been Vegas. They've been going around the Eastern Conference doing fairly well. So I don't know what happened since Christmas. But these guys, they've turned a corner. They've been playing good hockey. The defense has really buckled down. The goaltending has picked it up, and they're getting balanced scoring. I think Shvechnikov helps out quite a bit. Well, without him scoring the goals that he needs to score, they they really don't have a trigger man like we've talked about at length over and over again throughout the years. They don't have a guy who can put the puck in consistently. Yes, Sebastian Ajo's great. Seth Jarvis is a good young player. Kucky and Emmy's good. Tara Vinen is a good supplementary piece. They need that goal score, and that's Svechnikov. So if he continues to rehab, because he's still rehab, like he had a, a major injury offseason, he's coming back. I, I doubt he's 100% Tim. So if he keeps going, this team, do do I put them in the Stanley Cup contention yet? I don't. I, I still think they need to add another piece up front. I like their defense, their goaltending, if it continues. I think it can be good in the playoffs. I don't think you need a star goaltender to win the Stanley Cup. I think you need another piece still up front, another another good offensive guy, a threat. So that was that was my question. You kind of already answered it in the negative, but I honestly think if Svechnikov's playing this way, I think he is that guy where you don't you don't need to add a tier you know one A talent to this team. Like you still want to add supplementary scoring, some defensive depth, like every team does at the deadline, every contender. But if he if he's playing like this, he can be that guy. And him and Aho, the chemistry they have and the different skill sets they have. I think, if, I think if you're getting this kind of production from these players, they're as dangerous as anyone in the East. Yeah, I don't think you need a 1A guy. I think that's a good first line, Svechnikov, Aho, and Teravainen. That, that's a good first line. I, I think you need to add some secondary help. I don't think Nozin and Martin Nikas, they're good. I don't think it's a scary second line when you kind of stack them up versus the other Eastern Conference teams who will be in that conversation. The New Jersey Devils, maybe. The New York Rangers have depth out their ears. The Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning, those teams have two legit scoring lines. I don't think Carolina have that. They have one good line and then three pretty good lines that that all can contribute, that all can kind of pull on the rope, but nothing that strikes fear in the other team. 
like I said at the beginning of the season, before the season, Carolina is depth. They have four good, solid skating lines that all can produce. Not an insane amount of production, but they all can produce. Can a deep team with no real stars win the Stanley Cup? And I don't, I'm not changing my opinion just yet. Svechnikov is kind of proving who he is supposed to be. He's their goal scorer. So good for Carolina. They they have been on the schneid. It's nice to see them kind of come back to the team that we thought they were going to be to start the season. So good for them. What else is going on, Tim, in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, just picking down the, the list here at the wild card in the East. There's, it's really tight as it, as it typically is this part of the season. And a couple of teams I have my eye on are Tampa Bay and New Jersey, who are both currently out of a playoff spot. They're not even in the wild card. They both played 500 hockey in the last 10 games. Um, I think they're both probably going to make it in, especially if you look at the teams ahead of them are Washington and Philadelphia. You would think you a couple of points behind in, in the beginning of January is not enough to say that Flyers or the Capitals will um, hold on to those spots. But it is strange that you see like all these teams are getting better. The Rangers keep winning. The Bruins keep winning. Carolina's winning. But Tampa's struggling. They're five and five in their last 10. And New Jersey, I think it's five, four and one. Like, I don't I don't know what's going on with these teams. I really don't know why there. I can't put my finger on it. They have a good outing. They they beat some good teams, and then they just kind of disappear for a few games. I, I, I don't know how to quantify it. These guys should be doing better. I know New Jersey struggled with injuries. They've had some trouble on their back end. Dougie Hamilton's still out. Hughes has spent some time on the injury reserve, but I don't know, Tim. I don't think Tampa's as deep as everybody thought they were to start the season. There's been some issues with Stammer. Maybe he might get traded at the deadline. He's not happy. I don't know, Tim. I don't know what to tell you, but I know you think Philly is going to fall off and the Caps are going to fall off. I think Philly's here to stay. I, I like them. I think John Tortorella has these, has these guys playing really well. I think Carter Hart's playing okay. They're playing good hockey. They're in every single game. They're not getting blown out like they did last season. They're showing up with their work boots on and they're playing. They're winning close games. When you look at their schedule, it's all one-goal games. They're winning in overtime. They're getting points. They're losing in shootouts. It's it's one nothing, three two, four three. Those types of games. So if you're playing that type of hockey in January, that's a good trend to get into once you come to March, April, when the games really mean something and you're used to playing those tight games. So I'm not going to bet against the John Tortorella coach team. I will bet against the Washington Capitals. I think they'll fall out of this. I think. I think we've seen cracks in their armor. They're not playing that well lately, and they've slowly started to fall in the standings. They'll be gone by the end of the month at the latest. I think they'll they'll slip. And I, who's going to jump in? Tampa or New Jersey? Like these are two solid teams. Do the Islanders stick around still? Yeah, that was my my next question, which you've already answered as well. Was which team is most likely to stick? The Caps or the Flyers? I'll agree with you on the Flyers. Between the the Tampa and the Devils, if I had to pick just one of those teams, I'm picking Tampa. I just, they're just too good. I, I don't care where they are in the standings. I still consider them a top five team in the league. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter where they are. When it comes to playoff time, they can beat anyone. And they're very hard to play against. Isn't it amazing at the start of the season, the odds on favorite to win the East were the New Jersey Devils. Coming out of yeah. last season, they they have Toffoli. Timo Meyer is supposed to have a bounce back season. He didn't have a great playoffs last year. Everyone was supposed to take that next step. Their goaltending has been subpar. Vitek Vanacek has not been great. I don't think the offense has been as explosive as it was last year. I mentioned the injuries, but it's just everything has seemed to regress across the board. The power play, their power play last year was lights out. Like it was unstoppable, Tim. It hasn't been that way this year. Man, imagine if they don't make it. That would be one of the biggest storylines 
going into the offseason, what does this team do? Is it just a blip on the radar? Or is there some, you know, red flags there that we didn't notice coming out of last year? Who else is in that division, Tim, in the Metro that could be inching up the standings if the Devils are dropping and the Capitals are dropping? Who's starting to rise a little bit? The Penguins, they're making things really interesting right now. 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. They lost the big game last night to the Capitals, but um, they're right now they're tied for the Devils in points, and they're only two points out of a playoff spot against the Capitals. So interestingly enough, that's what kept them in the um, the spot last night. But Pittsburgh is another team where they're not at the at the, uh, the Lightning level or anything, but they're just a team that no matter where they are in the standings, you know they're a hard out, and you just know they have the talent to just surprise a lot of people. And there's not a lot of teams that would want to if they're if they're the seventh eighth spot in the wild card, they're not a team that teams want to play in the playoffs. You know, they'd much rather take the Devils or the Flyers or the Islanders or any of these teams, even the Panthers. I think um, just because of the Crosby effect, the Malkin effect, and if, if you think they might add a piece or two at the deadline. Um, it's going to be good. The big question for me is Jari. He has not been playing great. He's kind of, he still had a great start to the season, didn't play as well the last month or so, but you are getting good goaltending from Nijelkovic. I don't have it in front of me, but I was looking this morning. It's like a 920 save percentage, goals against in the twos. He's playing really, really well. So I might see it more of a 50 50 split down the, down the stretch. You see Yari scored and the Nijelkovic tried, tried one the next game. Yeah, yeah. Imagine back back to back goals, but I, I like the Penguins. I think they're playing good, even when they lose. They're losing in overtime, they're losing in shootouts. They work the Islanders here. They they played them two of their last four games. They absolutely dominated seven nothing the first game, three to one the second game. Those are games they have to win. Teams are chasing in the standings. So, like like you said, I don't want to play this team in the playoffs. Sidney Crosby, Eric Carlson motivated this year. Maybe playing a little better defensively. I haven't watched it much. I, I, I will be honest, but I don't know. They seem to be <laughs> catching fire, and it's a veteran team. Like Jeff Carter, Malkin, Latang. Latang's having a career year. You you sent me a picture. He yeah. gets six assists in one game, or something silly like that, and then they they come for me. People are tweeting out he's got more points in one period than John Scott had in his whole career. It's like wait, why? I think Why had, do you have to do that. I think it was all in one period. Yeah, like it's crazy. But yeah, here you are minding your own business, and you're getting mean to death still seven years well, later. It's not necessary. I don't understand. What do, <laughs> what did I do to everybody? And they just just kick me when I'm down. Doesn't make yeah. sense. All right. So who else? Because the Penguins are doing good. Yeah. The Flyers well, are doing good. The Islanders are doing. You know, they're fighting above their weight class. Who else in the Eastern Conference needs to pick it up? Because don't look now. We're halfway through the season. Like everybody's approaching that 40 game mark and that's where you gauge where you're at. Who needs to pick it up here, Tim? Well, the bad teams that have been bad all season along is probably not worth talking about. The the Sabres, the Senators, um, Blue Jackets, et cetera. Uh, the but the Red Sabres. Wings. Oh. I know. Um, but the Wings, that's the last thing team I want to talk about before we shift over to the West. Three wins in their last 10. Um, Kane did not make them any better. It, it definitely didn't make him worse, and he's actually been pretty solid. He's got the chemistry still going with the Brinkett, but they're just not a good team right now. And it's tough because it wasn't that long ago that they were not only not in a playoff uh, wild card spot; they were in the top three in, in the Atlantic, and then they just slipped, slipped, and slipped. And uh, I think it's fair to say, even though they're still tied with like the Penguins, for example, with forty points, I know they have two more games played. I think their season—I would say the season is done. But I think that we don't see them in a playoff spot anymore. You know, they'll make no. it interesting, but I think that what it's aggressive to say that their season is over. There's still obviously a chance, but I'm, t- I'm telling they, you, the, the high water mark is is behind them. You know what I mean for this year, for this year. 
I agree. Alex Dabrinkit has 17 goals in 38 games. Do you recall call how many goals he had in the first like 10 games? It was like 11 in seven games or something silly. Yeah. Yeah. He's got six goals in his last 28 games. So can can I can I get an apology letter from all those Detroit Red Wings fans who, who thought I was just you're losing it. He's going to get 60 goals this year. He's going to be fantastic. I'm waiting for apologies from all you people. So I'll I'll, I'll wait until it's you know it's concrete and he finishes up the season and he's got 30, and then I'm going to co- I'm start coming for you because I have the receipts. I'm doing it for Debrinket and I'm doing it for Ovechkin. Ovechkin's got five. Two empty netters. No, Ovechkin's got like five goals in his last two games. Like he's he's looking really good right now. He's scoring Sucks. in bunches, and he's he still gets tweets every time he scores. Good. Um, he he'll yeah. get Ovechkin. will get twenty this year. That'll be good for him. But I I want to touch on one more team before we head out west. Okay. The Toronto Maple Leafs, because there is a lot of bad mojo going around this team. We're going to do a deeper dive here, but Tim glosses over this. Ilya Samsonov, Tim was all in on this guy. He had the tattoo stencil all ready to go in his back because he loved him. Ilya Samsonov forever, EVA. Not ever, Tim. Eva. This guy gets sent down to the minor leagues, Tim. Clears waivers. They have Joseph Wall. They have Martin Jones. They're only active goaltenders. What, what do we do for the Toronto Maple Leafs? What happened? Is there someone out there who wanted them to go out and get a veteran goaltender? I'm waiting for apologies on that one, too, from all you people. They are in a tough spot here. This is not a division you can mess around with. If you don't start winning, you'll be out of a playoff spot like that. Teams are improving. Teams are jumping up the standings. The Tampa Bay Lightning are hounding you. Is it plausible that the Toronto Maple Leafs don't make the playoffs? Thank goodness the Lightning are struggling. Because if they weren't, there would be five bell, just crazy town going in Toronto right now. These guys are in the second wild card spot. Thank goodness the Lightning are giving them a little bit of a buffer because right now they're still in the third spot in the Atlantic. They don't deserve it. But what what should the Toronto Maple Leafs do? The word on the street is Trevelyan's been kicking the tires on a lot of goaltenders, offering a fifth or a fourth rounder for anybody. Trying to get some help from Jake Allen, kicking the tires on Vladar in Calgary. No one's taking him up on these offers. What does Toronto have to do to shore up their goaltending, Tim? <laughs> You're asking me. I no idea. Or do um, they right have now, to? Well, that's the question. Because right now you're getting pretty solid play from Martin Jones. Where like he's not gonna blow anybody Tim. away, but he won last night. Like he's he's he'll probably he's he'll give you a fighting chance two out of three games. You know what I mean? He'll let one goal, two goals, and then four the next, and then he'll do that on repeat. And you know, so that's that's fine for right now. He's he's plugged the wound a little bit, but it's not a long term solution. By long term, I mean the playoffs. So yeah. they're gonna have to figure this out. The interesting thing is that Tree Living said that Samsonov isn't even playing or practicing all week with the Marlies. He's not conditioning. He's not playing anything. He's getting a week off. And here's a quote from Tree Living: "It's a physical and a mental reset where he can get away from preparing for the next game and all the pressures that come with it. Because it wasn't just bad play." It was mental. Like the goals that he was allowing. What was it? Um, the comeback last week was it the Blue Jackets when Fantilli scored yeah. with like a minute left. Yeah, that's a, that's a goal he should be saving all day long. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, 
um, it's it's totally mental, and and I wouldn't be surprised, or at least it wouldn't be unprecedented that after a little bit of a break and a reset, you come back because I think his body's there and his game's there. It's all between the ears, and maybe just I know where you I know where you how you kind of respond to this, but some people just need that break, and if he comes back and he's right in a, in the head, then maybe he plays better. That's what they're hoping for. I'm not going to say anything. I think we all know <laughs> what I'm thinking because so this guy's <laughs> terrible. Awful he was at his really job. good last year. He was really good last year. And to, to cure it, you're going to give him a mental health break. I need a minute. I need a mental health break. I need a quiet. I need a safe spot. Man. When's the last time you heard a GM talk about giving his team, his player, a week, a week off? That's, that's, that's crazy. Sometimes I will guys say need the, the last you know? time I heard that was 1998. Chicago Bulls, Dennis Rodman needed to let loose. And they let him go to Vegas for two days. But he went for like five. But that was the last time. <laughs> I think this is a little different. I don't think Ilya Samsonov just needs to go and kind of let loose for a couple days. Do, do you think this – like what, what do you – because you're, you're a sensitive cat, Tim. What What does Ilya Samsonov do in this week off? Does he go and just – just stare at the lake what is he doing oh i don't know i mean i don't know anything about the guy i know watching him you know get pulled watching him lose in overtime he's totally just dejected it's in the body language the posture he can't even like make eye contact with his teammates you know what i mean and so i'm sure they're trying to lift him up if i'm him i'm unplugging i'm assuming he's not on social media because there's nothing good that he's going to see there about himself maybe he's playing video games maybe he's sleeping in i don't know i would just not think about it as much as I could for a few days and distract yourself with stuff that, that you like to entertain yourself. You know, maybe he's working out a little bit on his own. I don't know. It's not going to work. You guys, I like, I, I just, maybe it will. I, I'm so unplugged from that side of my brain, I guess, where it's like, suck it up, man. Like practice more, stop the puck. I don't know. Goalies are a different breed. It does. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. That you're struggling, you're having a hard time stopping the puck, and the answer is to not practice on stopping the puck. You have to go and get your, like, I don't know. Like, I know, like, catchers get the yips and pitchers get the yips where they can't throw the ball down. The goalies get the yips where they just try not to stop the puck. I just think you're you're feeding into it a little bit too much if, if I'm travailing. It's... Like, you got to play hardball sometimes. Well, it can't get worse, right? And oh, so, you, you. Oh, it can. It can't, not for him. Like, he's playing, he's he's I'll not giving submit, him a chance to win. I'll submit Jack Campbell as item A into evidence. <laughs> I saw a tweet this morning that was like, Jack Campbell walked so that Samsonov could also walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, let's move on. We'll dig into their acquisitions this offseason and see how everybody's doing for the Toronto Maple Leafs at, a, at another day. Let's move out west, Tim. What's going on out west? Yeah, the, the main team I want to talk about for a minute is Vegas. You know, they're still among the top teams in the league. They're still among the top teams in their division, but they've lost five of their last six. And the losses are, are to pretty good teams, Carolina, Tampa, Florida. Then you got Anaheim and Seattle, obviously, in the, in the Winter Classic. They got shut out. So I'm, I'm th- digging into this a little bit and looking at the stats. I'm looking at who they're losing to, the scores and all that. I don't really see a whole lot to be concerned about on paper. Jack Eichel's got 40 points. William Carlson's right there. Mark Stone's right there. Like, their top guys are producing. The goaltendings have been solid. 
Um, they're a top third in the league in, in goals for as a team and the t- bottom third in the league in goals against. So everything is kind of okay. I think it's probably just a little bit of fatigue. You played a lot of games last year. You had the cup. I think these guys have had a lot of miles in their body in the last eight months. And so I'm hoping that it's just a little bit of a, uh, you know, you, you pull back and let your finger off the trigger a little bit, you take your feet off the gas and then you'll be back. Um, because I just don't see anything, any other reason that we should be concerned about them. What do you, what, I don't no, know. What do you think? Not, not everybody can have the Bruins season last year where everything goes right and you win like literally every single game and you have no two game losing streaks. So you have ebbs and flows in the season. It's how you manage them. The one thing that I, I would want to keep my eye on is that back end. It was a strength, you know, when you had Peter Angelo, you had Martinez, you had McNabb, you had Schmidt, you had a lot of solid players back there. Cracks are starting to develop a little bit. I have heard rumors that they are shopping Alex Martinez. They haven't been happy with him. Braden McDab is not a spring chicken anymore. Peter Angelo, you know, is not the same guy he was even last year. So I, I have heard rumblings that they might be shopping for a guy on the back end. So keep an eye on that. But all in all, Aiden Hill's been out. Logan Thompson hasn't been stellar picking up all the goaltending starts. So once Aiden Hill comes back, Shea Theodore is out. I think this team will be fine. Obviously, they're the Stanley Cup champion, so I'm not worried about them. They got a good roster. They they didn't lose anybody, Tim, as far as I can see up front from last year's team. They're still stacked to the gills. Like This is a good team top to bottom, so I'm not worried about the Vegas Golden Knights. They're, they're having a little blip on the radar. I'm more concerned with the Leafs than I am with the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas will be fine. They'll be there at the end. I don't think they're the best team in the West, but they'll be there at the end. All right, what's going on with that the wild card West in the race in the West? Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, well, the Preds and the Coyotes are hanging onto their spots, but just barely. It's really tight, like it is in the East, and right behind them, the Oilers have now won six straight, big six to win, um, six to one win the other night, and the Kraken have won five straight. and And we were pretty critical of them. You know, we kind of basically said like this wasn't their year. Last year was a bit of a fluke. Um, they're not going to compete, and here they are, just a couple of points out of a playoff spot with five straight wins, including a big one on the big stage the other day. So I feel like probably you see same thing as the East. Maybe the Preds or Coyotes hang on one of them, and the Oilers take that other spot. But honestly, I think the Oilers are going to surpass the wild card. I think they're going to keep winning, you know, and they'll be fine. They'll do the playoffs are a different story, but they'll still they'll still be one of the best teams in the regular season, despite a historically bad start. Um, and then the Blues and the Wild have slipped down as well to the point where they're they're falling out of contention. And we have a whole you know long bit about the Wild coming up here too. Well, I think the reason the Oilers are doing better is because Connor McDavid. He started the season slow, <laughs> you know, in, in for him, right? I think he's eighth or point seventh. Yeah, but that's slow for him. They need him to honestly be at a point and a half, two point per game pace to be a good hockey team, just because that's. That's what they need to win. And he started the season very pedestrian, human almost, not superhuman like he usually plays. So he's been playing fantastic the last week, week and a half. So he that's the reason that that is correlating with their just success. When when he's going, when he's playing out of this world, the Oilers are unstoppable because you, you can't stop this guy. And Stuart Skinner has been playing well. He's not lighting the world on fire with fantastic saves, but he's saving the pucks that he has to save. And that's all they need him to do really is just to be there and not let in beach balls every once in a while. So Stuart Skinner has played well. The Oilers are rolling. They'll make the playoffs. I think the team they bump out, I agree with you. I do think they jump into the top three. 
But where? The Canucks are playing well. The Knights are playing well. The Kings are a solid team. I don't know who drops out, but it, it will be interesting to see who gets the two top, the, the top three teams in the Pacific because they're all those are four good teams. The Kings are dangerous. The Knights are going to be there, and the Canucks have not slowed since the start of the season. They're seven one and two in their last ten. So maybe there isn't room. Who knows? But the Oilers will be there. There's some teams that'll drop. The Predators. I've watched them closely over the last few weeks. They're playing okay. They're they're winning games. They should win. I, I'm not sold on the roster just yet. What what buttresses them up is UC Saros. That guy yeah. is phenomenal. He is so yeah. incredibly good. He doesn't have a bad game. So he he's really playing well. Forsberg's having a great season. So I don't know, Tim. It's going to be fun coming down the stretch in the wildcard race for the in the Western Conference. There's a lot of good teams. Kraken, they're okay. But yeah, let's 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 get to a prediction I made a few weeks ago. The Oilers and the Wild were both struggling. I said, which one of these teams will be in a playoff position at the end of the season? I I definitively said the Minnesota Wild. I said, they're playing great. I I like the way their their, their new coach has gotten rallied around these guys. Since then, they've, they've just bad luck after bad luck after bad luck. Injury, 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 injury to all their top guys. So what's going on in Minnesota, Tim? I'm pretty sure that you were critical of them and then you said they can't ice a competitive team when they don't have $15 million in salary cap and they weren't going to win many games. I don't know. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. It. Maybe I said Edmonton would make the playoffs. I can't remember. I don't know. Just, yeah, you're making up predictions now. But uh, really interesting couple of days for them. So it started a few days ago with Kaprizov uh, had the puck in the corner and threw a reverse hit on the Jets, uh, Brendan Dillon, the defenseman. Seconds later, Dylan doesn't like the hit. He comes back and he cross-checks him twice, right in like below the rib or the bottom of the rib. Yep. Kaprizov goes down. The bench on the wild goes crazy. They're all pissed. They play each other a couple of days later. There's a face-off um, between Cole Perfetti on the Jets and Ryan Hartman of the wild. Hartman doesn't even go for the puck. He just lifts the stick straight up into Perfetti's face. It draws blood, everything. Um, he gets He gets fined for it. And here's what's interesting. Um, Cole Perfetti said that Ryan Hartman straight up told him that he deliberately hit him in the puck with the face as payback for the hit on Kaprizov by Brendan Dillon a day earlier. He was fined $4,000 for the hit, and it was even recorded on the game mic. So he he was mic'd up. He had that conversation, or Perfetti was, um, which is really interesting. And then, you know, there's a quick little note here. I think it was Dragger that t- pointed this out. In exchange for players agreeing to wear mics, none of the audio captured can be used in connection with disciplinary action. That's been part of the agreement since 2005 when they started doing it. Smart. Um, which is an interesting, yeah, interesting tidbit there. So now you got the situation. This just came out yesterday. Kaprizov out week to week, at least one or two. Um, and Gustafson's out for good measure, too. The Wild has had some taking some punches lately. And now the Jets. It's just interesting. And I, you never see a guy like be that straight up about it. Because Perfetti said, he was like, hey, Hartman told him, hey, man, no disrespect, but I had to get payback for what he did. Um, which I don't know. Do, do you think that's fair? Do you think that he... It's Why should Perfetti have to pay for that? Well, and Dylan like did would... get into a fight with Jacob Middleton. So he did pay the yeah. piper for hitting Kaprizov. So I don't know why there has to be extra kind of revenge doled out, especially to a guy like Perfetti. And it's it's a weird way to do it. What, like a high stick them off the draw? That's a greasy way to do it. You you want to in do the it face. the legal way in the face? Yeah, it seems really cheap and just almost catty. I don't like it, and I'm a Ryan Hartman fan. I think he plays the game really hard. I I enjoy him, watching him. I I don't understand that. Why? Like just go after, just keep going after Dylan. 
You know what I mean? Maybe they thought it would be too obvious if they just kept going after him, but I don't know. Hey, it's a great rivalry. These these guys are so close geographically, Winnipeg, Minnesota, a couple hundred miles away. So it's good for the game. These are two tough teams. I like it. They're both, you know, fighting for a playoff position. So I just, I, I, I don't like it. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't like that type of retribution. Dylan got, yeah, he fought. He stepped up. He lost the fight to Middleton. Let's just leave it be. Because now what happens next time Ryan Hartman plays Winnipeg? All eyes are going to be on him, and it's going to it's going to carry over. Maybe now Winnipeg goes after somebody else. You know what I mean? They go after Boldy. Whereas that's that's why it's supposed to be washed. We're done. That issue is is over. Dylan knows not to go after Kaprizov because he fought, and then we move on. So it doesn't carry over to more incidents, but I guess it does. I know. Poor Perfetti, too. He's like a small, like, I know. talented little kid who minds his own business, you know? He's getting a puck to the face. Stuck um, in the face. Yeah. So, what's interesting now with the Wild. So, last night's game, uh, Kaprizov's out. Gustafson on the IR. Polino is out. Brodeen is out. Is out Zuccarello's out. And Vinny Letary. They The team they iced last night was $49 million in cap space. 49 and only Everybody, four players eric the cap is 83 and a half million so, yeah like that's that's incredible there were only three skaters that were making more than three million dollars dollars average annual value erickson x virgin and boldy the rest of the roster sorry half the roster was making less than a million that's just, just it's just you start off you know in the pit obviously with the parisian suitor thing and then all your best players get hurt at the same time and you're trying to fight for your playoff life and you're icing a team with half of the roster of the other team. It's just crazy. Yeah, you think it can't get any worse, and then it does. You that you rely on those guys so heavily, and when they're gone, you notice it. And I was before the show, I was talking about the how the Hawks are in a similar position where they didn't have the expectations as the Wild did, but you wanted to surround Bedard with some veteran talent. Now nobody's there. Perry, Paul, Tyler Johnson, Athanasiu. Um, Beauvillier just went down, Seth Jones in the back end. Those are all their vets. They're all of them. The only guy they have left is Felino. So it's just, they're playing with an AHL roster around Connor Bedard right now. It's, it's tough sledding for both teams, the Wild and the Blackhawks. Sorry, Tim, moving on. Are we going to do some quick hits for us? Yeah, these quick hits are brought to you by DoorDash. For quick delivery, use DoorDash promo code NATION25, all caps, for 25% off your first order and free delivery in Canada. We mentioned the Samsonov one already. The next one here was just kind of an interesting trade tidbit. So Elias Lindholm in Calgary has reportedly rejected, turned down a $9 million extension on a seven- or eight-year deal in Calgary. He wants to move. He wants to go to a competitive team and then probably hit the open market. So the most logical explanation, according to Chris Johnston, is that uh, Avalanche and the reported ask for the starting point right now is a first round pick in Bowen Byram um, probably gets it done. That doesn't really seem like enough for me, um, but interestingly enough, and he would fit in really well. And they've been missing like that strong two seasons. They got rid of Kadri, so he makes them a lot better. Oh, 100 percent. Like this would be a no brainer, especially with Landeskog being out. He won't be back for this season. This would be a huge Huge get for the color. And knowing Sackick, he'll, he'll pull this off somehow because he manages to go out and get somebody always. And yeah, yeah if, they, if they can pull this off, this will be a late first rounder. Bowen Byram had some injury issues, hasn't really worked on the back end for the Avalanche. So this would be huge for the Avalanche if they could pull that off. Lindholm, oof, turned down $9 million a year. Kidding me? Do you think That's you would have the, the guts to do that, Tim? 
If someone slides well, across <laughs> a $63 million contract, $9 million over seven years, and you go, yeah, I'm okay. I don't like it here. Like, that's, <laughs> that's bold. That's, you really that's what it, it is. I'm an insider on a lot of teams, but Calgary is not one of them. But what I'm reading online was that basically Calgary's they were like not two one weeks of them. ago. Yeah, they, two weeks ago, they were far apart, Lindholm and the Flames. They were far apart. And then the next report I read was that they actually did offer him the money he wanted. And he's still, and he's like, uh, actually, no, I'm not doing that. So yeah, that yeah, team's a disarray. Poor, poor Calgary. All right, let's get to Nick Ritchie. You're a bad boy. <sighs> the Naughty last boy. thing here. Did you see this play? I did. Over it's, the, it's In the Finnish league. So strange. So strange. I don't know what set it off. Something had to set him off because he's not like, this is like next level dirt. You know what I mean? This isn't a hockey player. This isn't a hit from behind. Like he was pummeling a guy with no helmet into the ice. Um, really, really strange. And he got suspended eight games. This is in the Finnish league. Um, I don't know. What, what do you what do you think about that? This is a greasy move. He's obviously bigger and stronger than everybody in the league, and he just takes advantage of it. I, I don't understand yeah, uh, good for him. I got one more. Yeah. William Nylander. Rumor has it talks from coming from Nick Kiprios, multiple sources in Toronto, will sign before the break here, and the number is eleven point two five for eight years, which will make him one of the top six highest paid players in the NHL. So if if he signs that number, he'll be behind um, what was it, Matthews, Carlson, Panarin, uh, McDavid, and Pasternak. We're tied with Pasternak. Good deal for Toronto. Eleven point two five for eight years for Willie Nylander. Oof, they don't have to do some no. cap, cap juggling if that's the case. So keep an eye on that. The rumor has it, and this is from credible sources, that this deal will be done before the All Star Weekend coming up. There you go. Keep an eye okay. on that. Uh, no, not a good deal. It was good in the sense that he's a really good player, and you're signing him for what he's worth. Like, but that's no. There's no discount there. And how can you possibly ice a competitive team? next year if you're paying like you're going to be over 50 million dollars you know what i mean because she'll get Tavares for another year and marner for another year after that and that's that's 21 combined 22 so yeah um timmy's never gotten yeah. 100 points in a season top heavy he's yeah yeah interesting he will this year now he will until the yeah he is good in the playoffs too all right keep an eye on that everybody we'll talk to you later this week i hope you had a good holidays it's good to be back Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode.